Welcome back into Changing Your Time. I'm your host, Josh Davis. David, special night tonight. Uh, 60 guys will have their dreams come true. Uh, the NBA draft kicks off, ironically. You know, the, the season wrapped up about just over a month and a half ago with the Lakers winning the 2020 NBA uh, World Championship. Where LeBron got his respect? He did get his respect. He got his fourth ring and got some respect along the way. No one's ever respected him before. I, I don't know who has respect. It hasn't respected him, but I feel <laughs> like, you know, some, I guess if you're a player that feels like you need more respect, then you might as well just give him his damn respect. Uh, that's obviously kind of an ongoing joke with us because we think the guy's probably, you know, he's probably on the, you know, uh, the Mount Rushmore of, NBA players of all time. So without that being said, you know, I would think he's already had it. I, I don't think our guys need that need to ask for it, you know, should oftentimes get it and demand it. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay neutral with that and say, if you really demand it and you really want it, I'm not sure I want to give it up. So um, Michael Jordan never asked for it. He just went out and did it. Uh, I don't think Bill Russell ever demanded it. And uh, he just did it 11 times. 11 or 13. What do you have? Does he have 13 ranks, I think, overall? Like Something crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar might have been the greatest college basketball player of all time. You know, wins three ranks and goes and has an incredible career. People forget about those guys because they're centers and they're, like, discontinued, discounted. Anyway, David, like I said, uh, unlike most years, Stephen Boyle, who is a draft expert, a friend of ours, who always is in the green, blue uh, green room. Yep. No green, no green room. We're doing everything virtual this year. Uh, David, talk a little bit about how different this year is in terms of the NBA draft process. Oh, I think it's, um, I think it's much, much different. I mean, you're reading about you know individual guys having like one or two individual workouts where a bunch of teams can either come in and watch them, which it doesn't seem like a ton of teams are, were out traveling or virtually compared to where. Every player would seemingly have, especially your guys that are projected somewhere between like, well, your second round guys would literally go out and work work out for every team. You know, it would seem like individually would go to just say Minnesota, Golden State, New Orleans, Houston. They would just go city to city day by day, you know, over a month process where these guys seem like they've, where you read they've had like two workouts where teams can come in and watch and then some virtually. So I think it's a much different process all in general where these GMs probably have not seen a lot of these guys live. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, obviously, I know Clutch Sports, who obviously is run by uh, LeBron James, the guy, Ron uh, Rich Paul. They had like NBA work. They had these guys working out, you know, on TV a couple, about a month ago. And, you know, yep. there's guys like LeBron and, Trey Young, who obviously has been a really good player, you know, if they've stood up and they've been there and, you know, so clutch sports, you know, they've got it rolling. They obviously, uh, they have a couple prospects, Anthony Edwards, most notably Tyrese Maxey, another one uh, from Kentucky. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting draft. Uh, I was looking back and seeing some of the like worst drafts of all time. Okay. I'm not saying that this has anything to do with that, but there are, this is probably one of the least exciting drafts. Uh, I can remember because there isn't that, that name number one, number two guy that that's real flashy. And like, like last year you had Zion Williams, everyone knew he was going somewhere, you know, he was yeah. the number one pick. 
this year, you could, there's like five guys that legitimately could be the top overall pick tonight for Minnesota. And as you know, and it's been stated throughout, a lot of these high-end teams like Golden State, Minnesota, they're looking to draft a lot down. They're looking to get out of it, you know, uh, out of the top pick, maybe out of a veteran player that's already been proven. Why do you, you know, think that? Why do you think that is? I think it just goes to the idea that these these GMs, these teams, just aren't getting their probably aren't very comfortable where they're at. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, no one's going to feel bad for anyone. You're going to make your pick, and there are all excuses are going to go out the window. But you know. I I just think no one's really comfortable with where they where they're at, and if someone turns out to be a star, you know, GM, I always knew I always knew this guy was a star, this that the other thing, but I I, I just don't see this being a very comforting time. Uh, and gatherings are a proven commodity. It's interesting. Um, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about Anthony Bennett, who. Um, was was <laughs> well, yeah. Anthony Bennett, who I believe in 2013 he was in the top overall pick, you know. Yeah. And he couldn't believe it. Absolutely couldn't believe it. Gets drafted um, by by a, by Cleveland. And anyway, they're talking about the guy who was talking about him was actually played on his team in Minnesota, so he had already been like gone through the whole cycle. Basically, it it was such a burden on him. And he was just talking about different things that he would like leave in the locker. And I guess they're talking about like that the NBA sends out a check to these guys like when when like uh, at the end of the year in terms of like if they make more money, they send them a check for for the whole league gets it based on you know how much money you're making. Yeah, they they they, they hold like ten percent escrow it, all year. Exactly, that's what it is, ten percent escrow. And they were going through the locker, and like the equipment guys like found like a half million dollar check in his locker and he didn't even realize it. He's like, Oh, okay. Sorry. You know, thanks. Can you send it my way? Like half a million dollar check, like just sitting there, you know, like I can, I can hear my father. Like if I leave like $20 behind, like, are you out of your mind? Like, what are you doing? You know, this is like, it's a half million bucks of a life changer, especially you and I, you know, and, and someone that's like 19 or 20, they're just not mature enough to have that type of money. You know, I don't know with, with a half million dollars, how, what I would do with it right now. I can tell you, I'd pay off a ton of bills, you know, and probably live in another condo, but, Anyway, so it's just, you know, he was a bust. So looking at some of the names on the board, David, like who do you think has the highest ceiling in this draft? Um, and then who do you think that will be drafted very high five years from now? We're like, wow, what happened to that guy? Oof. That, 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 that's a loaded question. But um, I, I look at this draft. I mean, I, I, I think on um, what's his name? Anthony Edwards is a very, very high ceiling player. Him and Lamelo Ball, but I think those two are far beyond the two most talented players. Lamelo, if he keeps his head on straight, you know, stay, stays away from being injured, which has seemed to plague him the last two years. In whether it was in high school where it took like half of his season, or last year in Australia where they had to shut him down, you know, somewhere in the time of January. I mean, those two guys to me look like they can be the playmaking superstars of the draft. Um, I actually, a lot of people are very high on this guy. The guy who I'm not as high on is um, James Wiseman. Okay, why? I, I think he's kind of what the NBA is exactly going away from 
you know, the, the bigger guy. Yes, he plays on the outside, but I just I've I watched him at Memphis a few games. I really questioned his ability to defend. And in the NBA, if you can't defend the switching pick and roll, I don't know that he's going to be able to guard point guards or, sh- or anything like that and stay in front. And I just wonder if he's going to be too much of a defensive liability to keep out on the floor. I know everyone always says, well, they don't defend in the NBA also, but you know, that's just kind of the way it is. I don't know if he's going to be able to literally stay in front of people. The other guy who I love, but I guess he came out of nowhere. Everybody's saying it could be a bust. I don't see it being possible. Is Obi Toppin? Yeah, well, absolutely. I agree with you. I love Obi. I think he, of all the college, you know, a lot of people get uh, uh, they get critical because he's 22 years old and actually played his senior season in college. So therefore, he's the old man in the draft. Yep. If you, if you look at some of the guys that actually did four years, Tim Duncan turned out to be okay. You know, well, actually, actually played two years. He's a 22 year old sophomore. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay. He's a t- yeah. So, so you're you're not off. He's one of these guys. Um, redshirt of the year. So redshirt sophomore. One. I think he, he might have done two years of prep school. Wow, which is almost hard to believe when you do something yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, but and then he grew. Yeah, but but so he matured. Yeah. Know? So 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 he went from a six four prospect going into college, and then he grew a little bit before he got to Dayton when they signed him to six nine two twenty, an absolute specimen. So Good. I was going to say, so what people are holding against him <laughs> doesn't even exist right now. Yeah. One of the guys that all of a sudden I'm surprised as you see sliding down draft boards, the kid that was supposed to be like a, in these mock drafts like years ago is uh, Cole Anthony. Yeah. Cole Anthony was like the number one player coming out of high school. His dad, obviously is Greg Anthony who had a successful 15, 16 year career in the NBA. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, Cole went to Oak Hill. He was touted. He, he goes to North Carolina, who had, I think, probably one of the worst years in, in, in school history last year. Now, he had gotten hurt. Why is his draft, uh, draft stock slid so far? I think you you alluded to it. He got hurt. He, he's got the question with the knee injury. I think um, he, he just didn't look very consistent when he played all year. He never looked 100% comfortable at North Carolina. He had that great opening night where – I think he broke a few Carolina records for points for a freshman and things like that. But I think he struggled a little bit. I mean, people can point to the fact that he's 6'3", maybe one, maybe 200, one, somewhere between 180, 200. I can't think off the top of my head what he actually weighs. He's a smaller frame kid, and he's explosive, but he's not John Wall explosive or Westbrook explosive. So – you know, maybe they're just afraid that, you know, he hasn't quite projected as what they once thought. I think also the, the shooting comes into question with him. But that being said, I think he's a he's a floor leader. He's a tenacious defender. I think that anywhere from 10 to 15 is a fair, fair value on him from what you saw in college. Yeah, well, you know, the interesting part about the NBA, it always makes me laugh, is you want to talk about a league that basically just – they just, they just, you just see superstars like high level guys flying all over the place tonight. Like, I believe there's going to be a ton of trades throughout. Yep. We've already had them, like Chris Paul traded from Oklahoma City to, um, to Phoenix. You know, there's rumors that James Harden wants out uh, because of the owner, uh, even though the owner offered him a $50 million a year contract. He turned that down. 
Um, he wants, there's rumors that he was either coming to Philadelphia with Daryl Morey, who recently came over, um, or to the uh, New Jer- uh, Brooklyn Nets so he can join his buddy um, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I don't know how that plays out because you see all those, the two of those guys already are ball heavy guys. And, and James is one of those guys, that, you know, talk about not playing defense, but he's definitely a ball heavy guy. Uh, the, of all the sports major of the, of the big four, you never, the NBA is the only way, the only game that doesn't like this all the time. What do you say? Oh yeah. I think that, so one thing that I give the players in the NBA a lot of credit for now, this is something that turns me off as a fan, but it's something I will give the credits, the players a ton of credit. Somehow the players have figured out over the last, I think three years, if you look at it, they, they really control the league more than the, than the GMs and the owners. And it's one of these things that's now that the Houston is talking about digging their heels and then making a stand. But, shoot, the, the, the players want to go somewhere. Guess what? It seems to happen. It really yeah. does. It really does. Um, you know, I give them credit. Yeah. I, I don't always like it. I got to be honest with you. you know, I, Me I either. <laughs> These super teams are terrible, in my opinion. Uh, you know, obviously, it seems like LeBron always handpicks his team. Yep. You know, and that's why, I, as much as I grew up a Sixers fan, I like the way Golden State's done it. They've drafted, and they've gone around their guys, and they and they drafted Steph, and they drafted Clay, and they drafted Draymond. Yeah. Okay, you added Kevin Garnett for two for two uh, world titles, but you know what? Your core pieces are the guys you drafted. Mm-hmm. Know? Um, and I, I think you're going to see a lot of movement again, obviously they have one team. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read the New York papers yet, but the Knicks who have struggled for years. Okay. Yeah. What's there's talk that, you know, they're looking to either move up. Uh, they're looking to make some more headway. What's your thoughts on them? Obviously Tom Thibodeau, the new, new sheriff in town. You're a Nick fan. Where do you, where do you think they head? Uh, I think that they could only head up at this point, hopefully. Um, well, it's promising, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, I just I, I just think that they're just in such a weird place as far as what do they draft, where do they look. I mean, a lot of a lot of mocks have had them drafting this kid from France, know nothing about him, kid named Killian Hayes. Yeah. Um, they've just – that's kind of – Pick has been pegged to the Knicks for in most mocks, like everywhere, you know, for months. So I guess that's, you know, the rumor out of New York. I mean, they definitely just need to get get a few guys to talk to them training for Westbrook. I'm not a Westbrook fan, but I think for the Knicks, it makes a lot of sense for two years. Just, you know, get some competitive competitiveness, get some wins, you know, get moving in that right direction and maybe you build from there, get rid of him in a couple of years if that's the case. So I just want to see the team get competitive again. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't think that there's any path to a championship anytime soon, but you, if you build through the draft, you get a, you hit a couple of picks the right way, you start winning some – the tier of free agents start going up. You never, really, never in the short term really get Giannis or anything like that, but – Hey, there's some talk of them trying to go out and sign Fred Van Leet. You know, maybe that's what they do. Why is the New York? Why is Brooklyn more attractive than the Knicks? I think it's just that the Knicks. Um, 
I don't necessarily think it's that Brooklyn is a hundred percent more attractive. I think the Knicks have just been so bad for so long with bad management. Now that you could point to the ownership why it is more attractive. So you know, people don't like James Dolan. I'm not sure if that's really a hundred percent a real thing, or is this is just a this is just a media you know bashing of him because there are outside people who don't like him. You know, James Dolan seems like a very weird guy. I think he's hired terrible people within management. So maybe that has made, not maybe that has made Brooklyn more attractive over the last five to 10 years, I would say. But I think that the Knicks are always going to be the team in New York when it's all said and done. Brooklyn's going to have its phase right now. But, you know, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the Knicks roster. Okay. And I know more, uh, Mo Harkless. I've known him since high school. He's a good player, uh, New York guy. Taj Gibson, another New York guy. Yep. I mean, there's some guys on our team, like Wayne Ellington, Philadelphia guy. Uh, they obviously last year they drafted the Canadian, R.J. Barrett. What's your thoughts on R.J.? How do you think this year went? I thought I thought he played okay. I think R.J. RJ is going to go as far as the idea that he, can he actually shoot a three-pointer at NBA level consistently? I think – you know, he's one of these guys who's unbelievable at getting to the rim, you know, rebounds the ball, pushes in transition, does a lot of things well. But the NBA, as you and I have know, known, it's starting to become three-pointers and layups. And it, half of that game for R.J. Barrett doesn't exist right now. So he's going to need to develop the jump shot. Um, well, but, one thing we know about Tom Thibodeau is he, he's hard on his players. I mean – Guys generally, I mean, got forced out of Minnesota because, of, yep. uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Downs they didn't like them. You know, Jimmy Butler called them soft, you know. And Jimmy Butler, let's be honest, he's the guy that actually ended up in playing in the NBA Finals last year. So um, he also demands a lot on the defensive end. How do you think that's going to shape the culture of New York? <sighs> I think it's just all about the players he has. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on this Tom Thibodeau hire. You know, you're not. No, I'm. I'm not. I think he he struggled in Minnesota, all except for one year with Jimmy Butler, who now it looks like you know was was right about everything he said in Minnesota. Um, I'm just not sure that Tibbs has adapted with the NBA, and you know, some some coaches say, "Oh, I do what I do," and you know. We do it right. We're gonna be fine. You know, offensively, you know, in Minnesota, he tried playing inside out, which you know you have Carl Anthony Towns, but Carl Anthony Towns is not a real post. I mean, I'm gonna be interested to see, you know, offensively what they do. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna play hard. I think. I think he's got a young he's got a young group with RJ Barrett that plays hard. You're gonna improve it defensively. Um, Nina Kina plays hard. You know, Taj Gibson will go out there, play hard, you know. Yeah, Taj Gibson is a season vet, you know. Um, yeah. Mo Harkless is a good player. Yeah, all these guys will play hard. They'll be better defensively, but, I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. It's kind of like Nick Saban said in college football. It's about scoring the ball. Yeah. Yeah, in the NBA, so. All right, with that being said, why don't we get started? All right, sounds first, good. First 10 picks of the mock draft, all right. So the first pick overall is goes to Minnesota. David, where are we headed? I think that the I, I think the Timberwolves will end up taking Anthony Edwards. 
Okay. High ceiling, kid out, kid out of Georgia. Shoots yep. the ball a lot. Um, it fits their team maybe a little bit better. Uh, in my head, it's like so him and it, it could be LaMelo, but I'm, I'm going to say anything Edwards. All right. So since we're going to alternate, I will make the next pick. And I will take a guy that you kind of bashed earlier, James, yep. James Wiseman. Um, back to the basket player. He is a traditional center. There's no doubt about it. I've heard people compare him to David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think from that perspective, I think there's a lot of upside. Obviously, he's coming out of Memphis. Um, you know, he's left-handed. And, you know, the comparisons, I think the ceilings are very high for him. You know, if he can guard the pick and roll and defend, great. If not, yep. you know what? Hey, Albeit, I think I think you still got to. I think he's going to adapt, but he's going to have to. But I think he runs the floor very, very well. And with, and with a team like that, you need to run the floor very well because they don't often. They're not. They don't really slow it down in the half court step. No, they do not. I think they've got great leadership. I think Draymond Green will help this kid out and mature as well. So, be the third overall pick. The Charlotte Hornets are on the clock. David, who are they taking? I think um, no Lamelo Ball does not fall further than three, so that's going to be Lamelo. Okay, and obviously Lamelo has been in the spotlight since he was 16 years old. His father, yep. his father's nuts. His brother Alonzo has been in the league. He was a second overall pick a couple of years ago. Uh, my knock on Lamelo is I don't, and people have said it all the time. You know, he doesn't know how to shoot the ball. He shoots the ball awkward, but he's yep. tremendous. Six seven can see the floor very well. You know, uh, by the way, just a, I know we interviewed Danny Roy. Um, just an update on Danny. Danny just got a job with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, he'll be the assistant uh, to the head coach. He'll be doing a lot of uh, scouting, a lot of uh, inside work inside with the program with the with the Charlotte Hornets. So, congrats, congrats to, to him. Yeah, uh, I, t- I told him when he gets out there, we're gonna have to do a follow up show from going from the bubble and, and actually going from the small town of Louisiana, uh, working with Under Armour, then the USA Basketball, and now uh, then into the bubble and now off the Charlotte Hornets. So good for him. You know, he's excited about it. Um, He's uh he's got a bright future ahead. So it's real for Danny Roy. All right. So the Chicago Bulls sitting there at number four. All right. Now, you know, there's already talk Billy Donovan, which I think I would have loved. I know Happy with the Sixers got Doc Rivers, sure, but Billy Donovan was my number one guy. I would have loved to have him here. I think Billy Donovan obviously did a good job with Oklahoma City the past year, took him to the playoffs. Uh, they weren't even expected to make the playoffs. I think there was like a one percent chance, David, right? When they were heading into the bubble, it was pretty low and they ended up going. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think uh, I'm going to go with Opie Toppin. All right. I think the Bulls, you know, uh, they obviously could use a guard. Uh, Zach Levin, I think, is a good player. I also like Kobe White. But I, I'm going to head there. I'm going to say take, take the uh, seasoned veteran in terms, of the, in terms of age and go with a short pick. He was the national player of the year last year out of Dayton. Opie Toppin. Sounds good to me. Um, at number five, I'm just going to kind of go with what I'm seeing pretty much on every mock now. It's um, If I say his name wrong, I'm sure he won't hear his podcast to correct me. Um, guy from Israel, Dene Ajavia, played at high level at Maccabi Tel Aviv in the EuroLeague. You know, I've never actually seen him play, but by all reports, he's a pretty pretty good 6'9 playmaker. And yeah, so you think it, seems to be a, it seems to be a name that's getting pegged into one spot. So, do you think Kobe Altman takes takes him and with the, for the Cleveland Cavaliers? It's a safe yes. Darius Garland. They've got uh, 
a couple other guards. That I think they could go Tyrese Halliburton because their guards are look like they are struggling. But I think it, it is this guy from Cleveland, um, from Israel. Okay, so so with the sixth pick, you got the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, you got a young guy and a and a Trey Young down there. Um, who's been playing plays very well. You know, shoots the ball a ton. Um, they're kind of a mixed bag. You, you know, you don't really know what to expect. Where where it seems like Atlanta's in this position every year in the draft. They can go anywhere. They 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 have so many what you would say quote unquote talented young players, but these talented young players have not put them over the top in any way, shape, or form. So it's like what I call it's like the fake like talent in some ways until it actually develops. Cause I can I can point to you at every position why they wouldn't need to draft that position, but I can also point to you why they need to improve it, except for Trey Young. Yeah, and Trey Young's a building block. So I'm gonna go with the power forward and I know I'm gonna butcher his name as Una Uniaka Unwahu. Oh, um, that's another one of um what's his name's boys. Who's that? Lavar Lavar Ball. Oh, he has him too. That's that's a Lavar Ball prodigy. Yep. Okay. Well, Une Unweku or whatever. Yep. Yeah, he's a shot blocker. Um, played very, good upside. Chino Hills High School. Oh, really? Yep. There you go. And I believe, believe he played at USC. Yep. So I think you know. I think uh, he ends up he ends up going there. I think it's a safe pick for Atlanta. Now, talk about a team that's always in mystery. Like they got they got broken building blocks in the Detroit uh, Pistons. You know, Blake Griffin seems like he's always hurt. Um, at one point, he's, I'm, as Andrea Robin, he was a mess for a while. You know, who's the guy that they actually build around? Like Luke Kennard? Like what's going on there? Uh, I I actually think that the the Pistons are kind of just where the Knicks are in absolute moratorium. Like they just. You know, you got Christian Wood last year, but look who started developing late. But you know, it looks like he's going to sign elsewhere. I, I I don't know much about the the Pistons and where they're act. I mean, by that is their actual direction. It just seems like they throw five guys on the floor and just kind of go out there. You know, I don't know. Derrick Rose has some good games. You know, I I, I don't know. I think that they'll go with. At this point, um, Tyrese Halliburton. At this point, I'll see him going past seven. You know, yes, they have Derrick Rose, but that's not really a building block player at point. Sure. I mean, Halliburton six five ish, six six, really, really shoots the ball well from beyond the arc. He's kind of that prototypical, you know, long, lanky, can really shoot. You know, point guard that you see nowadays. He he does the whole get to the rim, shoot it real well. So I think I think he could be an ideal fit. All right, so I guess I get your pick by choice in the New York Knicks. Yep. I'm gonna go with Patrick Williams, uh, Florida State player, Long Wings fan. Uh, if you know anything about Leonard Hamilton, they actually play defense down there. They play really they? hard. They do. Oh, which is something that you know. Uh, I think he's good. Has a tremendous amount of upside. Um, I, I talked to Stan Jones. Stan Jones absolutely loves him. He's one of his favorite players. Stan Jones has been with Leonard Hamilton and Florida State for a very long time. Uh, raves about this kid. They've got a couple of players going. Florida State has a couple of players that can be going in the first round this year. So I'm going to go with Patrick Williams. I think he's a safe play for for the Knickerbockers. All right, um, uh, nine. This guy's kind of fallen a little bit in our draft. Um, Isaac Okoro. Sure. Yeah. And he just 
he's one of these guys who seems to be getting rave reviews over the last like week. Everything I'm reading, like to call him like the next Iguodala. You know, he's elite defender. You know, you know, all he has to do is develop offensively, and he could be a superstar in the league. I think the big if is offensively for him. I don't know that he will be able to score the ball at the NBA level consistently enough. He was a freshman at Auburn last year, you know. Yep. And and Bruce Pearl raved about him, says he was very mature. I don't know how much yep. stock I put in Bruce Pearl and what he says, but you know, he says he's one of the most mature players out there. So it's a, that's a safe pick. All right. Yeah. The Phoenix Suns, who obviously just made a move, they do not need a point guard. All right. When you pick up Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker. I'm going to go with a guy that I think Matt matches um, Monty Williams. Uh, who's the head coach and what they want to do. I'm going to go Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. Okay. He's a he's a 3 and D guy. It, it might be a stretch here, but I think he's going to I don't be think it's a stretch. I think you could see – I think Sadiq Bay is one of these weird – not weird not weird as he's weird, but one of those names that you're seeing at 10 coach that I wouldn't be surprised if he got picked as high as five. You know? Sure. And, and I mean – I just think he's got. If you look at what Jay Wright's done with Villanova, he, even even your boy, I was listening to a podcast that had Kevin uh, Kevin Willard on, and Kevin they said, "What's the program that you like that that you know is the class right now of college basketball?" And he goes, "I hate to say it because I got all these Villanova fans up in North Jersey," and he says, "Jay Wright does a phenomenal job." So that's that's who I uh, really like to see, um, and I, I think Sadiq Bay will, will join his fellow uh, Villanova guru Malik Bridges, and I think they're going to enjoy. The desert out in Phoenix. I think I think that team, David, next year is gonna have a which next year, I'm sorry, we start in about a month. I think it's December twenty second, they come back. Um is gonna have the most amount of upside coming into it. What's your I, thoughts? I I think it's got a ton of upside. I think obviously I think they're gonna be one of the most improved teams in the NBA, obviously. I mean, you add Chris Paul in exchange for Ricky Rubio, basically. Like if Chris Paul is healthy, it's it's a no brainer. Um yeah, and then if they were to add a Sadiq Bay, who I think he's totally undervalued in this draft just in general. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm looking at the draft itself, and now if it was me picking, I mean, you can make serious, serious arguments for Sadiq Bay or maybe even two to the Warriors if you were saying what to call like if you were saying today, I need you know, if the if you were talking about the Warriors needing to make an impact today, you know? And playing for a championship this year, you know? Yeah. I think that's uh, the type of player he is. I'm not saying that he's better than some of those guys, but you know, he's just a guy who I agree. You know, I, I love him. You love him. I mean, shoots the piss out the ball, I think. But that would be a home run for the Suns. And I think would make them a lot better very quickly. As much as we say Jay Wright's going to miss him this year, when we come back in a couple of days and do our college basketball preview show, Villanova is still very loaded. They're a top five team. Um, I have them already penciled in as my final four. Mm-hmm. If we get the season started, when it gets started, according to Dave, Dan Gavitt, uh, they, we'll, and the season's definitely going to kick off in about a week, which will be fun. You know, um, there's obviously teams that are sh- cities are shutting down. Philadelphia's in shutdown mode come Friday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's no more indoor dining. Just about ready to ruin some more businesses because of our leadership. That happens, you know, because of the virus. Many are saying it's just going to be through the holidays. Let's hope so. I know New Mexico. I've spoken to Paul Weir. They, New Mexico and New Mexico State, still have to relocate outside the state to practice. Oh, you, you, you didn't see the big news about New Mexico State. What? They are going to Phoenix. They are. 
They are going. They, they are setting up camp in Phoenix for at least the next five weeks. Good for them. Good for them. Yep. So uh, Paul's going to have to relocate shortly too. Um, I'm sure that news will be coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but as we saw, like what twenty programs had to get stopped for COVID testing or because because of the virus. Yep. So. Let's wrap this up, David. Uh, let's, let me ask you a question. Who's going to make the most amount of moves? What team's going to make the most amount of moves tonight? Tonight? I mean, we already seen a few moves. Um, I, would expect the, I would expect the Thunder to still be very active. If, if there's anyone that they want to go and get, they have the obviously have all the draft ammunition in the world. Um, I think the Celtics could be decently active with three first-round picks. Yeah, you see them trading uh, all of them, keeping any of them, uh, trading – what do you think they're going to do? There's, there's been some rumors out there that they're going to trade up. I always think trading up in the top tens is a it's a hard proposition. Like everyone always says, like, you know, oh, we'll get a veteran, veteran, veteran. You know, but I think getting into the top ten in any draft, baseball, hockey, NFL, it's always a hard proposition, you know? Sure. There's also been rumors that, that – uh, Gordon Hayward may not resign. They're also looking to move Kimball Walker after one year. Yep. Uh, just craziness up in Boston. Obviously, the Sixers, I'm hoping they, they have five draft picks. I hope they don't use any of them. I would like to put a package together. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them get a new point guard. As you know, I'm not a Ben Simmons fan. I think he yep. adds nothing. I think the fact that people think he's this generational talent and he's only 24 and Doc Rivers is going to tell him to shoot and he magically is going to shoot. That's not going to happen. I think. I think you only have some a number of years left with with Joel Embiid, um, and I'm looking forward to it. I would love for them. You're not a Russell Westbrook fan. I would love for them to put a package together to get Russell Westbrook because I would be just fun seeing pick and roll with with uh, Russell Westbrook and um, and uh, and uh, Joel Embiid. So add a couple of shooters. Gordon, it's going to be an interesting time. It'll be it'll be fun. We'll have to do a recap on what happens maybe later this week, but. Uh, all right, David, let's uh, wrap this thing up and take us out. All right. Well, hopefully, if you're still listening, you can tell your friends to download us, uh, download us on the iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, anywhere you can really listen to podcasts. You will find us at Changing of the Times.